Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 27-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, which is a devotional that I wrote specifically for homeschooling moms. You can find all three of those books on Amazon. You can find them at DorendaWilson.com, and you can find The Four-Hour School Day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the places that I just mentioned. I also wanted to let you know, if you haven't heard about my mentoring course, um, I have an online mentoring course called The Unhurried Homeschooler Mentoring Course. It's based on my book, The Unhurried Homeschooler, but also, of course, the four-hour school day um, ties well into it as well because it's all about taking a more simple, unhurried approach to homeschooling and not letting book work consume your day, but rather learning through living and life and uh, just recognizing that education is so much more than uh, just books and curriculum. And in this mentoring course, I basically walk moms through what it looks like and what it looked like for us to take this simple, unhurried approach to homeschooling. And I and I cover all the years from the beginning, kindergarten, all the way through 12th grade. So I encourage you to check that out. I will link, leave a link in the show notes. Um, if you just want to go there now, it's the unhurriedhomeschooler.thinkific.com. I'm really grateful that you joined me today. And, you know, as homeschooling moms, one of our biggest struggles can be math. I know it was for me, and I know it is for a lot of moms. And so maybe you're looking for a new math curriculum right now. CTC Math specializes in providing online tutorials that take a multi-sensory approach to learning. Creative graphics and animation, uh, they are synchronized with the friendly voice of internationally acclaimed teacher, Pat Murray, Um, That combination just makes learning math easy and effective. CTC is favorably viewed on Kathy Duffy's 103 Top Picks and the Old Schoolhouse Crew Review. The lessons are short and concise to help your child break down concepts and appreciate math in a whole new way. Visit ctcmath.com today to start your free trial. That's ctcmath.com, and I will leave a link in the show notes to that as well. Well, I recently had a mom reach out to me and ask a really interesting question. It's one that I've actually asked myself before as well, several times through the years. How do we know when our children have become idols? And I just thought that was... um, just a thoughtful question and a question worth addressing. And that's why I decided to talk about it today. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to start at the very beginning. um, And let's just first define idolatry. So some of you might be out there thinking, oh my goodness, what are they talking about? I don't bow down to my children. I don't worship my children. What does this even mean? Well, idolatry in the biblical sense, um, you know, as we all know, it was the sin that the Israelites constantly gave into. So that um, alone should tell us that it's going to be a temptation for us. It's a warning to us. Watch out. This is going to be a temptation. As we, If you've gone through much of the Old Testament and read the stories, um, it actually becomes comical or just sad 
how many times the Israelites go back to idolatry over and over and over again. They see the mighty works of God and then they worship God and then they slip into idolatry again. But the point is, that's us. That's who we are as a people, as a people who are uh, sinful by nature. This is going to be an easy temptation for us to give into. So let's um, define it first. It is essentially just at its very core, it is transferring his worship and honor. So God's worship and honor to anyone other than him. And worship and honor, um, sometimes when we use the word worship, we automatically think, oh, singing in church, praise and worship songs, um, that kind of thing. But worship isn't just about singing songs to the Lord. It is something that we do with our lives. We worship God by getting up every morning and do what doing faithfully what he puts in front of us to do. Worshiping God is obeying God. It is living our lives to his glory and in obedience to him. And so we look at Exodus 20 verses three through six, where God gives this very solemn warning in the uh, Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. That's a pretty clear warning. So I think it's important for us to recognize the gravity of this commandment to not engage in idolatry. It happens quickly. It can happen in our heads so quickly. Um, But today, uh, let's just kind of dial this in to that question, when do we know, how do we know when our children have become idols? So how can we tell when this is happening? Um, How will we know if we're idolizing anything else? Okay, I think that's the question we need to ask. If we're asking about um, how to know when our children have become idols, we ask ourselves, well, how do we know if we're idolizing anything else, right? it's, It's going to be the same answer that the number one answer to that question is that we are willing to disobey God in order to idolize that thing or put it on a pedestal. We're willing to ignore God's laws, God's commandments, his mandates, his prescriptions in scripture um, because we are putting this thing on the throne of our hearts. So when it comes to idolizing our children, here are some, uh, maybe some clues, some hints, some evidence, some fruit that says we have put our children on a throne and we're idolizing them. First, we, we sacrifice our marriage on the altar of raising our children. So we, for example, we don't make our husbands a priority anymore. 
for time and attention. I am so worn out by the time he gets home from work that I have zero left for him. Now, there are going to be days when that happens, but I think the important thing is that is the exception and not the rule. We are to make our marriages a priority. We are to make our husbands a priority. Obviously, there are sacrifices that we make during certain seasons of our lives. When we have a lot of little ones, we have to work extra hard at getting time with our husbands. And it might not look like the ideal scenario. It might be, it might look like just just being able to get the kids to bed a little bit early so that we can spend intentional time together. So you're not giving up that relationship. You're not sacrificing the health of your marriage in order to care for the children. And so I think that's something we need to keep in mind. Um, we want to make our husbands a priority. We want to make sure that we are giving them the time and the at attention and yes, the physical intimacy that they need. And so we have to work on our end of things to make sure that that is happening. Um, another fruit um, in terms of marriage and, and sacrificing our children, or sacrificing our marriage on the altar of raising our children is that we're more worried about pleasing our children than being in agreement with our husband. So we undermine his authority. Um, maybe our husband makes a decision concerning the children, not a sinful one, not an immoral one, but just a decision that we don't like. And we undermine that or we speak poorly about it in front of our children or we don't follow through with what he has asked us to do with the children. It's at that point that we are worshiping the children um, over God because God has told us to honor and respect our husbands. All right, so um, another way that might be evidence that we are making our children an idol is when we're worried more about making our children happy than addressing their sins, okay? We often forget that our children are born sinners. Um, they're so cute and sweet and fun and all of that, you know, as, as tiny little ones, it's hard to imagine that they have sinful hearts, but they do because that is what the Bible tells us. Everyone is born a sinner. And so we cannot not address the sin issues that come up as we are parenting them. Um, I would encourage you to listen to the episode I just did recently with Wes Johnson on biblical discipline, because if you're wondering, well, what is biblical discipline? What does that look like? Um, it's a long podcast, but it is well worth the listen. He gets into very, he covers the biblical aspect, but he also gets into the very specifics of what does it look like to carry out uh, biblical discipline. Um, and so I encourage you to go and listen to that podcast episode. I believe it's episode 384 is what I is what I think it is. Okay. So again, worried more about making our children happy than addressing their sins. Um, in other words, being their friends. We're more worried about 
you know, we want to have a good relationship with our kids, but we need to be careful that we are not lowering, lowering ourselves to their level so that they're looking at us as though we are peers. And I have had that happen um, in the teen years because the kids, a lot of times with just not realizing what they're doing, they bring the parents down to a peer level and they start started at times treating me as though I were their buddy or their friend and not their mom anymore. And there was a lack of respect there. And I had to, I had to, I had to nail that right away and say, look, I'm not your, your friend. I love you. And I mean, I am your friend, but that's not what I am first. I am a parent first and you need to speak to me in a respectful tone. And so we need to be careful that we're not, we're not trying so hard to be their friends or making sure that they like us. Uh, maybe because we're fearful that they'll eventually rebel. Uh, maybe you didn't have a healthy relationship with your parents and you want very badly to have your uh, a healthy relationship with your kids. You don't want them to rebel as teenagers. Um, but the thing that we have to listen, that we have to remember is that if we're exercising biblical discipline, then if our children do go through a time of rebellion as teenagers, they are rebelling against God, not us. And so this is why it's uh, essential that we are following God's mandates when it comes to biblical discipline. Because what we are doing is we are obeying God above our children. We are saying, I love you. I'm not enjoying this, this discipline, but I'm doing it because God tells me that I'm supposed to do it. And I have to trust him with the fruit of that, that this is going to lead to something good. And so um, we just need to be careful that we aren't trying to, like I said, be their best friends or make sure that they like us. Obviously, we want to keep a good relationship with them, but we want to do that within a biblical framework. Another uh way that we can sometimes be worried about making our children happy or um you know, we're avoiding addressing their sins is because we're worried we're not doing it right. Okay, so we just think, oh my goodness, if I don't get this just right, I'm gonna mess it all up. So I'm just not gonna do it at all. And in that case, what we're doing is we're depending on our performance rather than God's faithfulness. And so what we need to do is be really, really careful that we are remembering what God's word has to say about discipline. And there were several verses shared in uh, that episode on biblical discipline. And these were a few of them. Proverbs twenty two fifteen says, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. So you hear that? Our children are born with folly in their hearts. It's bound up in their hearts and it's our responsibility to address it. Proverbs twenty three thirteen: do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. Proverbs 29, 15, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Ephesians 6, 1, this is very clear. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so, okay, another way that, uh, another bit of evidence that might uh, very likely show us that we are making our children an idol is when we are worried more about what others think about us, our children, how we're parenting, 
than we do about pleasing God in our role as parents. And so I'm going to share a few verses on the fear of man, because that's essentially what that is. It is it is making our children an idol, but it is also making man an idol. It is is walking in the fear of man. And we're supposed to be fearing God above all else. And when we fear God, what that means is we acknowledge his power. So we acknowledge his authority over us to tell us how we are to raise our children. And we acknowledge his authority over our children's lives as well. And and again, we are part of that picture. We are the ones implementing the the uh, God's laws, his principles, and his truths within the four walls of our home and specifically with our children. So some verses on the fear of man, Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man lays a snare but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. I love that. The fear of man lays a snare. So if I am fearful because I'm worried about what someone else is going to think about my parenting or how my kids are, you know, sometimes we we quote unquote discipline based on a, maybe a behavior or something that we don't want to be embarrassed by um, with, you know, other people looking on, Okay. And maybe we go overboard or we ignore it, you know? And so you see what I'm saying? We're doing it for the wrong reasons. And we talked about motives and how in the biblical discipline episode and how important it is that when we when we exercise discipline with our children, we need to have our hearts in the right place. We need to be coming at it uh, from the right framework Um, with a calm spirit, not a reactive one. And so the problem is that when we're fearing man, it lays a snare. So we're going to get caught up in all kinds of just messiness that could very easily mess up our kids. And that is not what we want. Okay. But whoever trusts the Lord is safe. So as you implement God's discipline with your children and you're trusting him, even if you're not seeing results right away, and even if you, you're kind of doubting, like, is this the right thing to do? But God tells me to do it. You can trust that by doing so, you are safe and your children are safe because whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Isaiah 51, 12 says, I, I am he who comforts you. Who are you that you are afraid of man who dies, of the son of man who is made like grass? We have too low of a view of God and too high of a view of man. And that can be a way that we are idolizing our children and or idolizing fear of man or man himself and man's opinions. Okay, another uh, possible fruit evidence that we have allowed our children to become idols is when we become 100% child-centered. Talked a little bit about that earlier. We're so centered on the children that we are neglecting our husbands. Okay, that is not a that is not biblical. Those are not biblical priorities. Biblical priorities are to make our husband important, to respect him, to honor him, and not to undermine him. So we could become one hundred percent child centered. Um, an example of that would be another example of that would be no room for other conversations with other people, other than ones about our kids, our family, what's going on with us. 
and there's no engagement or interest in anyone else's life or family. We just wheel everything back around to our own family. And so that can also be evidence that we are way too 100% child-centered. Another way um, that another bit of evidence or fruit that can show us that we are idolizing our children is we become like our children. And here's what I mean by that. Psalm 115, eight says, those who make them, meaning idols, become like them. So do all who trust in them. Now, isn't that interesting? When our children became, become front and center and they are sitting on the throne of our hearts, um, we actually become like them. That's what the scripture says. Whatever idol we place on that throne is, is who we become like. Children are foolish. They need to grow in wisdom. Like I said before, folly is bound up in the heart of a child. That's Proverbs. So they, our children need to grow in wisdom and they can't do that on their own. It's the parent's responsibility to see that that happens, not to become fools or remain fools themselves. Now, a lot of us feel like, you know, when we start parenting and we become parents, we realize how much growing up we still have to do. And so the point here is do it. Put your big girl, big boy pants on and do it. Don't be afraid. Don't hold back. We must grow up for the sake of our children. Now we see, if we look around us, we see many parents functioning in childish ways. Um, and one of those childish ways, they act like their children. They're no more mature than their children. So they're not even trying to set an example to help their children grow in wisdom, which is what we did all along the way, you know, as your parenting, parts of you become revealed that are just like, ooh, I didn't even know that was there. I thought it was su I was such a nice person before I had children. No, you weren't. No, I wasn't. I was a sinner then like I am now. And now children are just magnifying what was already there. But praise God that he's bringing it to the surface and revealing it to us so that we can repent of it. We can model the gospel for our children. They can see that we can make mistakes and we can be imperfect, but we don't stay there. We go to the Lord and we ask for forgiveness and we go to the people we have offended that we've sinned against and we ask for forgiveness and we have freedom, freedom. We have freedom and forgiveness. God says he removes our sins from us as far as the East is from the West. That is an infinity away from us. Isn't that awesome? But our kids get the opportunity to see that when we go to them and say, I was acting like a fool. I need to be the grown-up here. This is what I should have done, and this is what I'm going to do from here on out. So, but we see many parents functioning in childish ways, like I just mentioned, and other ways like allowing their children to be the authority in the home. What in the world? I hear kids talk to their parents, and I think, who is in charge here? You're speaking to them as though they are your child. That should not be moms and dads. We have to remember that folly is bound up in the heart of a child 
and the rod of correction drives it far from them. And it is our job to implement that discipline. It is our job to teach our children better and to learn better ourselves along the way. So when we talk about um, folly being bound up in the heart of a child, let's, let's just talk about a few things that are obvious, but let's state them anyway. Children aren't productive on their own, right? How many of us spend our days reminding our children of their chores, implementing discipline because they didn't follow through? They're just not going to be productive without help. That's why we must teach them diligence and hard work. They would choose the easiest thing, but this is why we teach them perseverance and we model it. They would choose to give up. And that's why we teach them resilience and we model it. They would choose to spend their money and time on foolish things. This is why we teach them to be good stewards and we model it. They would choose to complain, and that's why we have to teach them to practice gratitude, and we have to model it. They tend to be self-focused. We have to teach them to be other-oriented, and we need to model it. So you see what's happening here? You see all kinds of parents who are choosing all of these foolish ways that I just mentioned, and they're allowing their children to be front and center And in this, they are idolizing their children. And where does all of this lead? Well, Isaiah 44, 9 tells us, all who fashion idols, so we make these things into idols by putting them on the throne of our hearts in many of the ways that I just mentioned, all who fashion idols are nothing and the things they delight in do not profit. Their witness, their witnesses neither see nor know that they may be put to shame. So in other words, this will not only be a fruitless effort, but it will also result in shame. Like that verse I read earlier about, um, where is it? Uh, it says the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother, shame to his parents. I know moms that this is not what you want. We look at uh, scripture as we just did today, and we can recognize now, hopefully, when we are putting our children um, on the throne of our hearts. And, you know, really it's a great lesson in um, thinking about other areas of our lives that we're maybe idolizing. You know, sometimes also when some of the fruit of 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 idolizing our children can be, you know, like I mentioned, we're, we're pleasing them instead of, we're trying to please them instead of pleasing God. You know, pleasing them is more important than pleasing God. And then we end up with all of this behavior that we're like, what's going on here? This, this fruit. And so that can be a fruit when our kids are just starting to kind of get out of hand and we realize they're disobeying and they're fighting and they're bickering. Um, as a parent, I had to look at myself first and say, have I made them an idol? Have I let them get by with things? Maybe I made something else an idol, like um, just my own agenda or being distracted or just being lazy and not wanting to discipline. And that's, that's on me. I need to go back 
to my children and tell them I was wrong. I have been letting things go. I have been letting you guys get by with things that God tells me that I'm supposed to not let you get by with. And so please forgive me for sinning against you, for not keeping God's law and keeping his principles because that is what's best for you and for me. And then we go to the Lord and we say, I am sorry. I, I, did, I was not obeying your word. I was not doing what you called me to do. Pour out your grace and mercy on me and help me to move forward in obedience. So moms, I hope this was helpful to you today. Thank you to the mom who sent that question in. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and bow in a word of prayer. And before I do that, I wanna encourage you to check out Homeschooling Today magazine. You guys know it's my favorite magazine and you pretty much know the reasons why. I hope you'll check it out and uh, I'll leave a link in the show notes. Lord, we thank you so much for this time together. We thank you for the opportunity to sort of hone in on this question about uh, when we have begun to idolize our children. Obviously, this wasn't a uh, comprehensive study, Lord, but I think we covered a lot of the really common things that we might see and experience if we are possibly putting our children on the throne of our hearts. Lord, keep us from idol worship. Lord, we know it's a temptation and we know that our hearts tend uh, to wander. What does that song say? Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Take my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. God, our desire is to raise our children in the nurture and admonition of you. Would you help us to do that? And would you keep us from idolizing them? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.